the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. This is Ron Geyer with more End Time Insights. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are growing in Christ. We hope that you are looking at the scriptures that we give you. Even if you can't write them all down, just pick one and chew on it and let the Lord minister to you. Today, we're going to talk about Judgment Part 2. We didn't get to finish last week. Last week, we spoke about judgment on a personal level, how uh, God tells us that we are to judge ourselves lest we would be judged. We tried to clear up some of the confusion about Matthew 7, where Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. How we define that is Jesus wasn't really telling you not to judge. He was telling you how to judge correctly. That was very important. So today we want to talk about judgment on nations, judgment on a national scale, particularly since we happen to live in the good old USA. We want to talk about judgment in America. Let me remind you about the dynamic of judgment that's missing in the church because we fear judgment we don't talk about judgment. Because we don't talk about judgment, we don't understand judgment. And because we don't understand judgment, we don't exercise righteous judgment. We are trying to do something about that. So we encourage you. Listen to last week's. If you missed it, you can go to uh, www.kkht.com and click on programs and then go to podcast or even go directly to podcast and listen to it. I think it'll stand you in great stead. So today we're going to talk about this. And one of the big issues in America right now that you've been hearing about on the news the last 10 days or so was President Trump going ahead and presenting a two-state solution to the Palestinian-Jewish conflict in Israel. We're going to talk about that in detail in a minute, but it is so important that you must understand God has already decided there will be no two-state solution. It is a one-state solution. That land belongs to Israel. Matter of fact, he specifically designed and put in the Bible the specific outlines for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So to try to compromise that, to try to go ahead and change what God has said through man's ideas is very dangerous. Uh, I don't believe President Trump runs the risk of being not elected again unless he starts messing around with Israel. And we're going to show that to you in the second part of this talk. But let me give you a couple of scriptures. These are great scriptures. This is the last one. I didn't get time to get in on this last week, but let me read it to you now. It's Philippians 1.19. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. Knowledge and judgment will enable you to manifest the love of God in your life. We know that the more knowledge we get about God, the more like him we become and the easier it is for us to show others what he looks like but when they look at us. Well, it's the same way with judgment. We've never connected that before. But as long as we continue to exercise righteous judgment, that is an opportunity for love to abound in the midst of those judgments. We've got to change the way we think about judgments. We've got to understand judgment's a good thing in the body of Christ. 
Jeremiah 4, 2. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. God is in truth and judgment. We need to share both with the world. For instance, with President Trump, let's use him as an example. The fact that I think he just committed a very big mistake by offering a two-state solution to the problem in the Middle East. That was a mistake. I don't understand that he's got counselors that should know the word of God. I know Brother Hagee talks to him. I know that there's others. I know Franklin Graham has his ear. And we want to be careful to make sure that no matter how much we love a man, how much we see God moving him, in him, we always speak, thus saith the Lord to him. We always give him the counsel of God so he can make the decisions that are best. I know President Trump, he's got a great heart, but he's got a bad plan. So we're praying that God would arrest his attention. You know, it's almost a moot point in a sense because every peace plan that's recommended in the last 30 years by the Americans has been rejected by the Palestinians. They have no desire for peace. They want Israel eliminated, and we need to be very very careful how we look at the Word of God and how we carry out the Word of God concerning Israel, because we know that there's blessings and cursings for coming when one blesses or curses Israel. We want the favor of God to continue on President Trump. Isaiah 5, 16, but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. Well, who's going to exalt God in judgment? Certainly not the world. We are. When 9-11 came, was God exalted? He should have been. The church should have stepped up and warned the nation, hey, the reason that we have 9-11, the reason this is going down is for this reason or for that reason. The church needs to walk through these opportunities to reveal God. God said he would be exalted in judgment. It is our job to point out the judgments of God, what they mean to our nation, why they came and what's going on. There's so many reasons for that 9-11, but we're going to focus on one of them in a minute. Isaiah 26, 9, with my soul have I desired thee in the night, Lord. Yes, with my spirit within me, I will seek thee early. And when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. What an important scripture. Isaiah wrote this, and he said that when your judgments, Lord, are manifesting, when your judgments are taking place in the earth, that is an opportunity for the inhabitants of the world to learn about living right, to learn about living according to your plan, to learn about living according to your word of God. But once again, these judgments don't come, and unless we have somebody to explain them, which should be the church, it should be the prophetic voice, the prophetic leadership in the church, unless we don't explain to them what's going on, they're lost. They don't understand what's going on. They're thinking it's the weather on its own. They're thinking it's just a natural happenstance. No, 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 no. You've got to be able to, for instance, the California wildfires. That doesn't happen by mistake. They're supernatural in nature. God is trying to get their attention. Hey, California, you're missing the boat. You have rejected me. You have rejected the church. You have rejected the Bible. Your lifestyle is decadent, and you need to hear from me. And God knocks on the door, as it were, and he wants their attention. The church needs to say, hello, God's knocking on the door. This is why he's knocking on the door. But we don't do that as a church anymore. And it's a shame because things would get back to being righteously normal if we would not be so cowardly about addressing these issues. And once again, California wildfires, people say that's a political issue now, or people say that's a social issue, or that's a 
global warming result. And let's just be honest, church. Let's let them know, California, you have rejected God. You have rejected law and order. You've rejected be conforming to the laws of America. And this is what happens. But it's because he's a God that loves you. If you understand judgments are because he loves us and it's the only way for him to get our attention, then we need to go ahead and tell them that so that they have a true picture of who God is and what he looks like. Isaiah 61.8, the Lord says, I love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offerings, and I will direct the work in truth. I will make an everlasting covenant with them, with Israel. But God loves judgment. And understand this about judgment. Sometimes in the Bible, the word is judgment. Sometimes the word is justice. Sometimes it's judgment leading to justice that the Bible talks about. You need to be wise, read them, keep the scriptures in context, and make an understanding what the word is saying in there, and understand the message that God's trying to get out there by putting these judgment and justice scriptures in there. Amos five fifteen. hate evil and love the good and establish judgment or justice in the gate. God wants us to judge righteously. Jesus said, I came, I'm not judging the earth now, but I am judging righteously. We've used that scripture where Jesus said, I'm not here for judgment. I'm here to save the earth, say that the people of the earth through me might be saved. But that doesn't mean we don't make daily judgments. He didn't say, I'm taking you out of judgment. He didn't say, we're not going to make any judgments. He just said, this is not the time of final judgment. And so we are to be wise concerning judgment. Once again, we fear it because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it because we don't understand it. We don't understand it. We don't exercise any righteous judgment. We need to do what the Lord told us to do concerning judgment. The world needs to know about judgment. That's what we're trying to talk to you about. This is the great scripture, Psalm 33, 5. It explains a little bit. He, God, loveth righteousness and judgment. God loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Notice God puts both righteousness and judgment, and then it leads us right into the fact that God's going to say right after that that the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Part of the goodness of the Lord is righteousness, living right, uh, living holy before the Lord, and judgment. That's part of his goodness. Remember, the goodness of God is designed to lead thee to repentance. You know, God can call us to repentance so many different ways. One of them is through his goodness. Another way is through his judgments. And we need to understand these are not something to be feared. They are something to be embraced. They are something to be researched. They are something to be explained. But the church, the Bible says the righteous understand all things. We have got to re-look, re-evaluate the way we look at judgment and be able to make the case to the world. It's all about getting people saved, letting them see the love of God We've counterfeited the love of God. I think next week I may talk about the love of God because we've kind of misrepresented it. We're to the point now we don't understand judgment. But the point I wanted to make about this is God, let me read it again. Psalm 33, 5. God loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So here we see that he not only loves the fruit of righteous judgment. What's the fruit of righteous judgment? Justice. He not only loves that, He not only loves justice, but he loves the process of getting there. He loves the way we have to get to justice. What is the way we get to justice? By making righteous judgments. It's so important. It's just spelled out right there. But we don't study these scriptures on judgment. I pray that you would. Deuteronomy 30, 16. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment. God wants us to keep the word. He wants us to keep the law. He wants us to keep his judgments. The things that he has judged, he wants us to look at it and walk in those judgments that he's made. 
Why? That you may live and multiply. God says he'll cause you to live and to grow. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee. You'll get blessed when you do that. And wherever you go, you'll possess the land. This is a specific promise he was talking to Israel, talking to the Jew. But it was purposeful. He wanted them to understand, if you will keep my laws, if you will understand and keep my judgments, then you will live and multiply. You'll possess the land that I've got for you. Very, very important. I want to go through something and just show you the way that God talks to us so we don't have to get to judgment. Number one way that God talks to us today, Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. God, who at many times and in many places spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, he spoke to Israel through the prophets. Remember, Amos, Joel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of those, they were prophets. They spoke to Israel for God. God, at many times and in many places, spoken times past unto the Jewish fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. So the way that God speaks to us today in the last 2,000 years has been through his Son, Jesus. And, well, how does Jesus talk to me? I don't understand, Ron. Well, Jesus said he's the Word. And the Word is put down in letters in the Bible so that we can understand him. Not only is Jesus talking to us through the word, that's the number one way he talks to us, is through the word, by the way. But he also speaks to us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus calls the Spirit of truth. He will lead us and guide us into all truth. Pilate asked Jesus, what's truth? Jesus says, my word's truth. The number one way God talks to us today is through the word of God. So if we want to stay out of trouble, if we want to please God, if we want to do the things that God's called us to do, if we want to live in health, if we want to live prosperously, if we want to live in victory, we obey the word of God. Unfortunately, we don't obey the word of God. And so God has got to talk to us in another way. Second Timothy 3.16 talks about this, that all scripture, the word, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For correction is what I want to talk about. The word of God will correct us. I love this. According to that scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration for God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. So God gives you the instructions for how to live, doctrine. Then for reproof. He's like a spiritual spell check. The Holy Spirit, the word of God is, he will let you know where you're messing up. Not only will he let you know where you're messing up, but for correction as well. He will make the corrections and then for instruction in righteousness so that you can be built up into the house of God, built up into a righteous dwelling place for the Lord God. But that's how God deals with us. He speaks to us through the word of God. He lets us know when we're messing up. Then he goes and he actually makes the correction also. When we as a people, not just the church, but as a nation, when we refuse to listen to the word of God, then because he loves us, he still wants to get our attention. He'll send us a prophet. He'll send us someone with a prophetic voice to tell us, thus saith the Lord. He will send a prophet. Why? Because that person can speak to us in the five sense realm. To read the Bible, Jesus said, my words are spirit, they are life. And that's a spiritual connection, a spirit to spirit connection between his spirit and your spirit. So that's the word of God. But when we miss that, maybe we're carnal. Maybe we don't understand what he's saying there. Maybe we're too distracted. Okay, because he loves us, he's going to send a prophet. And this prophet will speak to us. Another example, well, let me read the scripture. He's Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. And God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Why? 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. We are the ministry. We are involved in ministry. That ministry includes making disciples of all men. That includes preaching the gospel. That includes telling the truth to everyone we come in contact with. In contact with. So he gave us the prophet, the voice of the prophet. And one of them that I want to refer to is recently, this is in 2015, it was when America, the Supreme Court, was deciding whether or not we were going to legalize or make it acceptable to have gay marriage. And we were going to acknowledge it as something that would be an insurable relationship, something that would be sanctioned by our government, by our economic laws and our economic systems. And so they were about to vote on that. And the day before, God sent a prophet, Jonathan Kahn. I mentioned this last week. He wrote The Harbinger. He wrote The Paradigm. And he speaks with a prophetic voice to our nation. And he went before Congress and he let them know, look, we cannot pass this law. God has a divine order. It's a man and a woman and a woman and a man. To violate the divine order of God that's been around since the creation of mankind would be something that America could never recover from. And he warned the Supreme Court. They did it anyway. We stuck our fist in God's face and said no. Put our finger in his eye and said no, we have a better way. Let me tell you, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. We have to be so careful when we violate God's word. Instances of prophetic voices in America, they're numerous. There's been ministers in former days like David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was raised up by God. And this is a shame, but he spoke, thus saith the Lord, to the church, to the nation. And he warned us against sexual impurity. He warned us against becoming carnal. And he told us what would happen. And we're living proof that what he said 50 years ago, 40 years ago, is happening today. Actually, the church outed him. We did not appreciate what he said. We told him to go in a corner. We quit inviting him for speaking engagements. And we just threw him under the bus. And that's a shame. You know, the Jews did that with the old time prophets. And let me tell you this. Yes, the Jews were under the law. Yes, we were under grace. But mankind is no different. You know, people couldn't believe how they crucified Jesus. Let me tell you something. We would do the exact same thing if he showed up today. We are no different than Israel. We are a rebellious, stiff-necked bunch of people, even in the church. The only difference is we've got the blood of Jesus, that we can get clean before God. We don't have to wait a year to get clean. We can do that this morning. We can do that the minute we we sin. And as the Holy Spirit convicts us, the Bible says we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to talk and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, let's talk about Israel really quickly. This is going fast. I may need a part three to this. Okay, there is a current book out. Dave Reagan wrote the book, and he's been a prophetic Bible teacher for I was going to say centuries, for decades. He does a great job. The name of the book is God's Prophetic Voices to America. And he lists a bunch of people that God has raised up to speak, thus saith the Lord, to America. Because we keep rejecting the word of God, we're not teaching the word of God in church. And by and large, because we have a biblically ignorant church, we have a biblically ignorant society that fails to respond to what the church is supposed to be telling them. God has told us we're supposed to be warning the world about what's going on. I wrote some scriptures down. Did I lose them? Here we go. Colossians one twenty eight, Whom we preach, Christ Jesus, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. 
The church is supposed to be working with these warnings that come from the prophets. First and foremost, the church needs to be letting America know about the wrongs that we are doing. We should be challenging sins such as moral depravity, sexual perversion. Our voice should be ringing loud and clear. Often, though, as is in the case here now, those warnings are going unheeded. Back in Jeremiah's day, it was written, To whom shall I speak and give warning? That they may hear, saith the Lord. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in the word of the Lord. And that's such a shame. We're here today, too. Bible reading in the church is way down. We don't speak the word of God like we're supposed to. We've got such stories. We've got classes. We've got a class that'll help you financially in our churches. We've got classes that'll help you diet. We've got classes that'll help you after you get divorced. I mean, you know, we used to teach a class, and ours was to help couples in trouble. And then there was right next to us, there was divorce care. I used to have to go into that class and yank people out who were still married. He said, what are you doing here? Come over here. We will teach you how to pray. We will teach you how to fight for your spouse. We will run the devil off. We will find out what's working against love in your home, and we will get you back. And it worked very often. And this is what we need to do. We need to change the mindset. I told my brother when he was working for my roofing company, and I said, Rick, he was my supervisor. I said, Rick, you're not here to put out fires. You are here to prevent fires. If we would get back into the Word of God, we would do a much better job of preventing the fires that are taking place in the body of Christ. Matthew 3, 7, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The church has an assignment. We're supposed to be warning people. Let me go back to Israel really quickly. I just mentioned earlier that President Trump has been putting together a peace plan that was going to divide the nation. It's called a two-state solution. That is a violation of God's word. We cannot do that. Let me give you the scriptures that talk about that because God's given this land to Israel and no amount of man's wisdom is going to contradict what God said about it. Ezekiel forty-eight fourteen concerning Israel and the land God gave to them and the Jews, they shall not sell it. They shall not exchange it. They shall not alienate the first fruits of the land for it is holy unto the Lord. That land is holy. We have no business telling God that, no, we're going to give this to people, aliens. We're going to go ahead and sell it. We're going to trade it for peace. That's an abomination before the Lord. And then Ezekiel forty-eight twenty-nine. This is the land which you shall divide by lot unto the tribes of Israel for an inheritance. And these are their portions, saith the Lord. God gave that land to Israel, and they've got designed areas that belongs to the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Joseph, the tribe of Reuben. Each tribe had their own apportioned piece of land. And here we are just chopping it up. Just an amazing thing that we're watching unfold before our eyes. Now, God reinforces that this covenant that he gave to them is forever. And when Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said, hey, I am the almighty God. Walk before me, be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Genesis fifteen eighteen. In the same day, the Lord made the covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, I have given this land. And he outlines it from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. Well, I can see I'm running out of time. I wanted to recommend two books to you. Number one, it's by William Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G, and it's called Eye to Eye, and it talks about the penalty for dividing the land. It talks about how that applies to America because he's going to give you instances where we had forced Israel to come to meetings, forced Israel to sit down at negotiations at Camp David. And, for instance, one 
quick one. It is all about, you guys remember Katrina, right? That takes a long time. Well, let me give you a Katrina. Katrina was back in 2000 and where is it? Uh, I don't have time to go into Katrina. How about Hurricane Andrew? Around six of the bilateral peace talks in June of 1992, Rabin, President of Israel, Prime Minister of Israel, was elected. We immediately insisted the Americans that he come to Washington, D.C. to meet with Yasser Arafat. The day that meeting began, August 24th, 1992, Hurricane Andrew slammed into Florida with winds of 177 miles an hour. The damage, over $300 million, the most costly hurricane at that point in American history. And that's related to the fact that we were forcing Israel to sit down and divide the land with Palestine. We need to be wise. That's just one example. When I give you the other eight or nine that I've got, you're going to see it put together. It's going to create a pattern to you. That's why I was praying yesterday that things would go okay throughout our nation because I know that we run the penalty of suffering a, it's called a remedial judgment. When you don't obey the word of God, when you don't listen to the prophets of God, and God still wants to talk to you, he will send remedial judgments. Forcing Israel to give up land for peace is something God's been talking to us about for quite a long time now. We need to understand it, and we need to repent, and we need to pray for President Trump that this deal doesn't go through. We'll pick up on this next week. I hope you have a great week. I thank you so much for listening. I'm Ron Geyer, and this is End Time Insights. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.